going to be looking at the mystery of the seven golden lampstand found in the book of Revelation chapter 1. Hey, welcome to my videos. My name is George Crabb. Welcome, my friend. Hey, if you haven't subscribed yet, hit that subscribe button because we're going through the book of Revelation. We're probably going to spend a lot, almost a year in it, many months, right? So we're going to go through it chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And I did an overview video if you need to see a big picture overview of the book of Revelation. And we're using the Old Testament, right? The Tanakh, if you're in Israel, right? We're going to use all the ancient scriptures to understand this New Testament book, the final book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, which just means revealing, right? All right. So let's get into it, you guys. Let's look at the let's look at this this presentation that I've prepared for you guys. So chapter one says. Uh, we found that it said, write what you have seen. So, so Paul, uh, sorry, John was writing what he had seen, and that is the risen, resurrected, risen Lord Jesus Christ. So chapter one, starting in verse nine, we're going to finish chapter one in this episode. I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. So why was John on the island of Patmos? Well, he was sent there according to church history. He was sent there by, this is during the reign of Domitian, the emperor Domitian, which was right around 95 AD, not before 70 AD, but around 95 AD. It's an, this is the old man John, the apostle who was very close to Jesus. He was part of that chosen three, right? Peter, James, and John. And he was even closer, I think, to Jesus than those two. He was probably the closest disciple to Jesus. He was there at the foot of the cross. He was the only one who came back after they all dispersed and ran away in the Garden of Gethsemane, he came back with his mother Mary, with Jesus' mother Mary, to the foot of the cross. So John. So John is here. He's on the island of Patmos here in Revelation. And we know in church history that it was Domitian's reign is when John was sent there. And some of the, the historical records say that John was was lowered down in a cauldron of very hot, hot oil that would kill you. Um, and he was lowered down. And the Roman soldiers were scared because John was unharmed. It was a miracle. He was not harmed by the boiling, the hot oil. And he was lowered down in that for not proclaiming Domitian as God because Domitian thought he, he wanted everyone to call him Lord and God. And John wouldn't do that. And they told him to stop, according to church history, to stop uh, preaching the good news about Jesus Christ. And he wouldn't. And history says that he actually was preaching as he was lowered down. And many people saw that he was unharmed. And they gave their lives to Jesus Christ. That's not in the Bible. That's church history. Take it or leave it. But we do know that he was sent to the island of Patmos under Domitian, which was right around 95 AD, to give us context in that. Okay? All right. So let's look at the next. Uh, this is a big uh, picture overview, right? Just a, uh, just a, this is what was going on here in, in the Middle East. We know that uh, Rome was controlling this whole area of the, the world at that time. And we know that 
John gets this vision from God right around here is where the island of Patmos this is the Mediterranean Sea and God gives him this vision and it's the book of Revelation. So this is the uh, big picture overview again of the Mediterranean Sea. Here's Israel right here. Right about here is where Jerusalem is. There's Egypt. There's the Nile River. This is the continent of Africa. Here's Here's uh, the boot, right, which is Italy, and then we see Greece, we see modern-day Turkey is, uh, I'm sorry, right around here is modern-day Turkey, and, and then Greece, of course, and the island of Patmos was right about here, right in that area. We got a closer look at it here on this map. So here's uh, Turkey again, the Aegean Sea, here's Greece, there's Athens, and it's this little tiny rock island right there. That's where John was when he wrote the book of Revelation. Here's a photo of it. Um, you know, there wasn't all these nice sailboats back then, but there was this, it's kind of a rocky, kind of a deserty, real dry island uh, with lots of views of the sea. And uh, that's where we know uh, John was. Okay, so verse 10, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus and to Smyrna and to Pergamum and to Thyatira and Sardis and to Philadelphia and Laodicea. So what he did right there is he just described uh, in chapters 2 and 3, these are the churches. So this this book was to go to these churches. It was a These were letters to these churches and... We know that Jesus gives a direct message to each one of these seven churches. And it's also real interesting because these churches, when you put them in the order, you follow the order that they're put in, it's like church history. It describes church history. It's very interesting stuff. And we're going to go through that in chapters 2 and 3, but we're going to continue on in this one here. So let's look at the next uh, verses here. Then... I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, and on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands. So this is what John may have been seeing. And this is a picture of the menorah. This is a picture of the modern one that's made by the Temple Institute. They want to make a, a new temple, the third temple in Israel. To our, This is our time in 2022, and they've actually built this menorah. And it's just like the from the specks of Moses uh, um, and the, the, the specks for the golden lampstand. And uh, this is a picture of it. I put these little flames up here just to show what John may have been seeing as he had this vision while he was on the island of Patmos. And he turned and he saw the seven golden lampstand. Let's continue with the scripture, you guys. So here it is again. This is another picture of that same menorah with a seven golden lampstand, which I believe was always just a picture, a foretelling, a foreshadow of the real thing, which was to be the church in the holy place with the great high priest, who is Jesus. Because the high priest was always a foreshadowing and just a picture of Jesus. All right, let's continue. And then verse 13, it says here, and in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash about his chest. Very interesting. So he sees, this is a, an image of 
of also what the Temple Institute is preparing, and this is called the ephod. This is what the high priest was to wear. It's out of the Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible, right, written by Moses. And in it, it gives a description of how to make this. And the Temple Institute is doing it exactly the way the Bible says. There you can see the gold bells and the little pomegranates on the hem there. And then you could see the, the golden chest plate, which has the uh, 12 precious stones, which have engraved the 12 tribes of Israel, their names on it. Very good stuff right here. And this is uh, always a picture of what Jesus would be wearing and what John is actually seeing. So it's really, really cool stuff. But what I want to do is I want to take you into how the Old Testament gives us keys to understanding the book of Revelation, right? So let's look at Joseph's story, one of my favorite characters in the Bible, Yosef, if you're in Israel, or Joseph. Remember the Y, or I'm sorry, the J, as we say, Jesus would be Yeshua, Joseph would be Yosef or Yosef, and uh, like um, Jacob will be Yaakov, and that's how the Hebrew language works. So, so Genesis chapter 41, verse 42, let's look at Joseph's story real quick here. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his hand, and he put it on Joseph's hand, and clothed him in garments of, garments of fine linen, and put a gold chain about his neck. So what's the context of, of this? Well, Joseph is before the throne. He was raised up out of that pit, out of that place of the condemned. Remember, he was falsely accused and rejected by his own, and they were hand, they handed him over to the Gentiles earlier and later falsely accused, and he was put in this place of the condemned, and he even tells two down there their fate. One was to be restored to life. The other one was cursed to death. It's a picture of Jesus, right? Jesus on the cross. And there he was in the condemned, place of the condemned. They raised him up. He was the only one found worthy in all the land of Egypt who could reveal these dreams that were sent by God to Pharaoh. This, this dream of this future time, what was going to happen in this future time period, this future time period which was divided in half, and the first half of it was a time of great harvest and great abundance. The second half was a time of great trouble, of great famine over all the face of the earth, the Bible says. So what we're seeing here is, is Joseph is before this throne, and he reveals, only he was found worthy to reveal the future plan of God. It's like Jesus taking the scrolls out of the right hand of he who sat on the throne. That's in Revelation as well, right? And he breaks open the, the seals and the scroll, the seven seals, and he was the only one able to open it and read it. So it's just the same Joseph story was showing us, painting a picture of this, this future event that we see in Revelation. And what, is, what do we see here in that scripture? We see that Joseph was, that the Pharaoh clothed him in garments of fine linen, and he put a gold chain about his neck, right? So that's, that's what we were looking at in that previous verse in Revelation, right? We see that John says, in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man, clothed in a long robe and with a golden sash about his chest. You guys see the picture here? God painted all this way ahead of time in Joseph's story. 
And there's others too, like Moses, and there's so many others, you guys. It's going to be good. I can't wait to get into this with you guys. All right, let's continue with the scripture in Revelation. So, and then verse uh, 4 here, it, it describes... Uh, what he sees, and he says, the hairs of his head, I don't think that's verse four, I might be wrong there, but the hairs of his head were white like wool, like snow. His eyes, I'm sorry, it was 14, okay? Um, verse 14 of chapter one. So the hairs, he's describing Jesus right here, you guys, watch this. The hairs of his head were white like wool, like snow, and his eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice was like the roar of many waters. Isn't that powerful? And then verse 16, In his right hand he held seven stars, and from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun, shining in full strength. Okay, so the book of Revelation has lots of symbolism or signs and pictures, right? But they represent something real, not something metaphorical. These aren't like pictures and signs that represent something that's allegorical or metaphorical. They're representing something real, okay? And the reason that God used signs and pictures and symbols is because, I believe, because of this one reason, because they don't change, okay? Like the English language, it changes every year. It changes. Like English today, and if you go back English, you know, 50 or 500 years ago, you wouldn't even understand it, okay? It's, it changes so much. Languages do that. But symbols and pictures and signs, they never change. So that's why I believe God used that in the book of Revelation for us. All right, so good, right? Okay, let's get to more scripture here. And then verse 17, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and Hades. Jesus was described right there, right? No doubt. I, I was dead. I'm alive and forevermore. And I hold the keys to death, to Hades. That's Jesus, my friend. And he holds the keys to life and to death. And he has a book, it's called the Lamb's Book of Life in Revelation, and you want your name written in that. And if you haven't had your name written in that yet, if you have not been born again, as Jesus said in John chapter 3 to, to the Jewish religious leader Nicodemus, he said, you must be born again. And Nicodemus did that finally, and uh, he is, he's in heaven right now, my friend, and you can be too. And he's a simple prayer away. At the end of this episode, you will have this opportunity to receive Jesus, to be born again as a child of God, guaranteed to go to heaven. You can do that at the end of this episode, my friend. So stay tuned. All right, here we go. Okay, so he holds the keys to death and Hades. Now we go back to the Old Testament again, the Old Testament story of Joseph. And here it is. And the keeper and the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. Isn't that awesome, you guys? So Joseph, who was a type in a picture of Jesus Christ, 
he is he's in this this prison, this place of the condemned, but he's in charge of it. The keeper of the prison didn't even look into anything that Joseph did because Joseph was in charge of it all. And Jesus is in charge of it all. He's in charge of Hades. He's in charge of hell. He's in charge of Gehenna. He's in charge of heaven. He's in charge of it all. So who do you want to follow and who do you want to believe in? He who is in charge of it all or the one who's going to be thrown down into the pit of fire, the lake of fire, Satan. If you're not following Jesus, if you're not a believer in him, guess what? You're following Satan right into hell. You're going to go to hell too. And you don't want to do that. And Jesus made a way. That's why he died on the cross for you to purchase you and me back to give us a way to have life with him forever and ever and ever and ever. All right, my friend. So anyway, good stuff, right? Joseph's story again, showing us how to understand book the book of Revelation. So good. All right. And then verse 19. So write, therefore, the things that you have seen, the past, right? And what he just saw, the resurrected, glorified Jesus Christ with the gold sash about his chest and the, the fine linen down to his ankles, just like Joseph's story, right? But it's the glorified Jesus. And he says, the write the things that you have seen, those that are right? Presently, those that are, and those that are to take place after this. And that word after this is metatalta. It's a Greek word, which means after this, right? So now watch this. Verse 19, chapter 1, verse 19 in Revelation gives you the keys to understanding the entire book. This is the outline, okay? Write the things that you have seen, what he just saw, right? Those that are the present church age, when John wrote this, there was the church age. There was the churches were thriving in, in Asia Minor, which is the area of Turkey today, and in Rome and other places. And those that are to, to play, take place after this. After what? After the churches, right? Because we're going to see this again in chapter four. This word metatalta, it means after this. And he looks and behold, he's in heaven. There's a door open to heaven. So really good stuff, guys, right? So good. All right. And then verse 20. As for the mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Whoa. So not only do we get a commentary in the Old Testament to understand the New Testament and books like Revelation, right? But we get a commentary in the book of Revelation that helps us understand the Old Testament as well. Because here he just says the seven golden lampstands are the seven churches. So the menorah, the seven golden lampstand in the holy place with the high priest was always a picture of Jesus. Always. It, I'm sorry, the high priest was always a picture of Jesus. The seven golden lampstand was always a picture of his bride, the Gentile bride, the church. Isn't that awesome, you guys? But he's not done. He's not done with the Jewish people. Some people who are Christians, a lot of churches believe this and they're wrong because they're not reading Romans chapter 11 carefully or the rest of the Bible. You know, that's pretty much it. But here's the thing. The high priest was a picture of Christ. We know that from the book of Hebrews. 
he was called, it explains very clearly that the high priest was just a shadow, a foreshadow of Christ. Christ just means Messiah in the Greek. Jesus is our high priest, the mediator between God and man. And not only that, he had the gold sash on his chest, or you could say the gold breastplate, which had the 12 precious stones with the names of the tribes of Israel on them, carved on them and on his shoulders as well. And that's on his shoulders. Israel's on his shoulders and on his heart. That never changed. While the high priest's job was to take care of the menorah, keep the oil filled in it, so the fire, the light burned bright. We're the light of the world as Christians. Jesus said, "We're you are the light of the world. He said, first he said, I am the light of the world. And then he said, you are the light of the world too, if you're a Christian. if you're And the Christians are the bride of Christ, the church, right? So it's so beautiful that we're seeing this, you guys. Let's look at that scripture once more. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven golden lampstands are the seven churches. So this is that menorah again, the one that's in modern-day Israel today with the seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven golden lampstands. Again, these were filled with olive oil, and olive oil speaks of the Holy Spirit, and these are like the, the fire that comes from it. Remember the tongues of fire that came down upon the apostles when the church age just started? And here we see the image of what John saw. And it's beautiful. It was always to represent the church. Okay, let's look at this. There's a, here's a big picture of the Mediterranean Sea. Here's Israel right here. And what was going on right around 67 AD was there was a general named Titus, General Titus, with a bunch of Roman soldiers. And that's an interesting date, by the way, 67 AD. Okay, we might get into that in a later episode, but we know that in modern Israel, we know that they took Jerusalem back uh, you know, they controlled Jerusalem again in 1967. It's an interesting date. 1917 is also an interesting date, which was 50 years earlier. And that's when the Ottoman Turks were defeated in World War I by, by General Allenby. And it was a miracle. There's a miraculous story in that, by the way. And it was freed from the Ottoman Turks, the Muslim Ottoman Turks who were controlling it, and it became a no man's land for 50 years. But in 67, 1967 AD, the Jewish soldiers came in, the Israelis came in, and they controlled and they took Jerusalem back. Pretty interesting stuff, right? So watch this, okay? So General Titus, they came in around the Sea of Galilee area around 67 AD, and they started conquering Israel, the northern areas, and they worked their way down towards Jerusalem right here. And just as Jesus said in 70 AD, they took and destroyed the temple. Not one stone was remaining upon another. And it was a horrible time for the Jewish people. And this General Titus and his soldiers did a horrible thing there. Okay, so some people, they believe that that's the fulfillment of 
what Jesus said, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel, then, you know, run for the hills. And a lot of Christians believe that that was the fulfillment of it. But here's the problem. Revelation was written after 70 AD. It was written in 95 AD. So Jesus was speaking of a future time where there will be another false, uh, there'll be a false Messiah, kind of like that Antiochus Epiphanes guy uh, around 167, 160 BC before Christ. And he did this thing where he slaughtered a pig, set up an image of Zeus to be worshipped. It was a horrible time. And a lot of people think Titus did the same thing in 70 AD, and that was what Jesus was talking about. No, uh-uh. It might have been a picture and a foretelling of that, but that's not the one that Jesus was talking about. He was talking about a future event, okay? All right, so let's look at it. Here's a picture of uh, General Titus right here, and this is Rome right here. The Roman Colosseum, as you could see it, from around Jesus' time or right after. And then this is an archway dedicated to General Titus, who ended up becoming Emperor Titus as well. This is the guy who destroyed Jerusalem in 70 AD, and uh, they they made an archway for him. Well, what's interesting about this is you're going to see inside of this archway, there's a carved out image, which is amazing that it's how preserved it is because, now watch this, you'll see it right here. This is what's inside of the archway to this day. And what these are, these are Roman soldiers and this is like a parade to celebrate the victory in 70 AD in Jerusalem. And what they're carrying is very interesting. They're carrying the seven golden lampstand, the menorah, from the temple. Okay, this is when Jesus was there. This was there when Jesus was right around the outside of the temple preaching in his ministry, right around 30 to 32 AD, 29, 32 AD. And this is the table of showbread. And you can see the golden vessels still on it. And the golden vessels, remember there was wine, a gold vessel of wine, and then there was the 12 loaves of bread, which this, these two items, this table of showbread and this menorah, were in the holy place of the temple, that, that place before the Holy of Holies. There was the veil, the great veil, which separated the holy place from the Holy of Holies. But the holy place had the menorah, and it had the table of showbread. And these are the Roman soldiers carrying it away. Now, as sad as that was, that that happened, God was not surprised by it, and God wanted this to happen because in Rome, Rome basically built roads to go all over the world. Rome ruled the world, but they also, the Roman road, they're, they're so preserved. They, did, they were such good road builders that they're there to this day in many places. They, they built these roads to perfection. And it allowed people to travel freely and for mail and for letters and books and things that were written to be traveled and, and, and missionaries to go all over the known world of that time to spread the good news about Jesus Christ, right? And here we're seeing the menorah, which symbolized the church being taken away from Jerusalem and brought to Rome and the table of showbread, which shows us that God was dispersing his people 
It was taking his church and he was removing it from Jerusalem to go all over the whole world, to be spread out all over the world. And this is just a snapshot, a picture, a carving of what God was actually doing and allowing to happen. Isn't that amazing? But what's more interesting is this is back in Jerusalem today, the new one. It's there. This stuff's built and it's ready to go. That could be a sign of our times, you guys. That's pretty interesting stuff, right? So here, again, let's look at the big picture of this. Here's the golden lampstand. I put these flames up here to kind of show us, right? Here's the golden lampstand. This is what John, kind of what like what John saw, but this was to be in the holy place right here, all this. This is the table of showbread with the 12 loaves of bread, right? And the cup of wine, there's the bread and the wine speaks of communion, but it also speaks of the 12 tribes of Israel. Here's the high priest in his garments. This is what John sees, and this is a foreshadowing of Jesus. And over his heart, the 12 precious stones, the 12 tribes of Israel, over his heart the whole time, and all the shoulder pieces too. And while he, this is over his heart, the 12 tribes of Israel over his heart, Israel is over his heart while he's keeping these flames burning bright and hot by keeping the olive oil poured in to the seven golden lampstand. And this is amazing that this is built today, you guys. It's back in Jerusalem. So the focus, I believe, is going to start centering back on Jerusalem as the times progress, as we progress towards what the book of Revelation is about, what Daniel wrote about, what Jesus said in Matthew 24, and many other places in the Bible, Joseph's story, um, Moses' story. We're going to look at it all, you guys. Real exciting stuff, is it not? All right, so Hebrews. I want to show you this real quick because this is the, the verses out of the New Testament, the book of Hebrews, which I believe was written for the Jewish people, for the, the Hebrew Christians, right? And in chapter 4, verse 14, it says, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. Confession of what, you guys? Confession that Jesus Christ is the great high priest and that we can trust him as our Lord and as our Savior and how all these things spoke of the future, you guys. It's so awesome, is it not? Well, hey, my friend, if you don't know Jesus and you would like to know him, you would like to be born again, to have a relationship with God through Jesus, you can do that right now. He is a simple prayer away. You may feel a, a gentle knock on the door of your heart right now. You may feel this, just this tug, or you may sense that God might be saying, hey, this is your opportunity. Don't harden your heart. It says in the Bible that if today you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Don't harden it. Because this could be your only chance. Your heart, heart might become hard and you may not have a conviction next time. And you may harden yourself to where you push God away forever. You don't want to do that. This could be your opportunity. If you would like to receive Christ, if you'd like to be born again, to be a child of God and to be guaranteed to go to heaven, you can say this prayer. You repeat these words after me. Okay, You're saying, God, I want you to be my 
Lord and my Savior, I believe in you, Jesus. I believe you died and that you shed your blood for me on the cross and that in three days you were raised from the dead. You're going to confess that. Remember that scripture. He is our confession. Okay, so he's our mediator between God and man. He's the only way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except by me, he said. So you must come to Christ, Christ the Messiah. All right? If you'd like to do that, say this prayer after me. Repeat it after me. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner, and I am sorry for my sin. I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe that he shed his blood for me. And I believe that in three days, he was raised from the dead. I believe that he's alive today. And I choose to follow him as my Lord and as my Savior from this day forward. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. My friend, if you did that, congratulations. Heaven rejoices right now over one believer, one who turns from their sin and turns to God. All right? All right. Well, God bless you. We're going to be going into chapter two next time. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and share this video with your friends. You can understand the book of Revelation, especially when you understand the Old Testament Books like uh, Genesis and Exodus and, and Psalm 22 and Isaiah 53. I mean, all these, Isaiah 61, all these books that we've been going through, these Old Testament books and finding Jesus in them is going to help us to understand this book that most people don't want to read. Most churches don't like to read it. They think it's too hard to understand, but we're going to understand it because we're going to use the whole counsel of God, the whole Bible. All right. So God bless you and God bless his kingdom.